Hello, everyone. My name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to a conversation with two geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we'll be talking about everything from the official trailer to the Bob's Burgers movie to thoughts on the new Scream and DC's Peacemaker and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or a previous episode, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And if you're catching us live, we're here on YouTube at Conversation with Two Geeks. And you can also find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listened to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm 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 okay as well. I um let's just say some personal stuff's happening and mm-hmm. I'm technically also moving next week. Um mm-hmm. so uh this background that y'all see um won't be will be potentially different for the foreseeable future, but yeah. Although mm-hmm. I won't have this light. Um I, I have to turn it back to my friend today. Uh, okay. So That's cool. there's that. Uh, yeah. Uh but yeah, no, otherwise I'm good. Anyways. Moving on to our first official topic of the day, uh, we got a tra- we got an official trailer for the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, the synopsis mm-hmm. reads: The Bob's Burgers movie is an animated, big screen musical comedy mystery adventure based on the long running <laughs> Emmy Emmy Award winning series. The story begins with a ruptured water main creates an enormous sinkhole right in front of Bob's Burgers, blocking the entrance indefinitely and ruining the Belcher's plans for a successful summer. While Bob and Linda struggle to keep the business afloat, the kids try to solve a mystery that could save their family's restaurant. As the danger mounts, these underdogs have to help each other find hope and fight to get back behind the counter where they belong. Starring the voice cast of the show, which includes H. John Benjamin, Christian Schell, John Roberts, Kevin Klein, Dan Mintz, Eugene Mimi, among others, and directed by the show's creator, Lauren, uh, Lauren Butchard and Bernard Derriman, the film is set to be released on May 27th. Jamie, what are your thoughts on the trailer? And have you ever been a Bob's Burgers fan? I don't know if we talked about this show. Uh, no, I never really seen it for some reason. It, I just, um, I never like. I know, I know. There's a lot of people who really like it, and it seems like it's really good. Um, I just never have watched it, um, mm-hmm. and stuff. But the trailer looked cute. I don't know. I don't have that many thoughts, and so I became my cat scratching at the door. <laughs> It's okay. It's just oh, kitten, kitten scratching at the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this: uh, when it comes to Bob's Burgers, um, I've only seen really a few episodes, and that's like in the early season. But on that though, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, um, I still kind of remember and stuff. But like, I don't. I'm not like a follower of it and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the trailer, the trailer looked interesting. It definitely gave me like early two thousands vibe. Yeah, for sure. Which, yeah. Considering some of the um crew behind this, because I was looking into some of the people that worked on this, uh, like for example, Bernard, um, he's actually worked on the Goofy movie. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, and also I just, yeah, yeah, no, um, but overall, I'm I'm pretty stoked for I'm pretty stoked for. It. Also, I just realized it's been on the air for like over ten years. That's a long time. That's a long time, honestly. Like, yeah, like I remember when it was just starting honestly yeah like i definitely heard of it i just never have seen it mostly because like because it comes on later right it comes on it's like a late show it's it's like a 9 p.m show i think on fox okay yeah i, just, I don't know why i just never have caught an episode um mm-hmm. or anything sort of like 
like I've I've seen like it yeah it just kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Simpsons where like I've seen bits and pieces of it but I've never seen like I'm not somebody who's seen like every single mm-hmm. episode but it's kind of like that like I, I'm aware of it I just haven't like sat down and watched like the whole thing but yeah. so that's a whole other beast though mm-hmm. so. yeah 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 but yeah no either way this looks cool and I'm really interested to see it anyway moving on to our next topic of the day. Uh, via her Instagram, we have the first look at Leslie Grace's Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, in costume, courtesy of Grace, who posted the <laughs> photos on Instagram. Uh, the film is set to drop on HBO Max sometime this year, which I was surprised about because I thought this was a 2023 release. Um, oh, it Jamie, comes out this year? Uh, apparently. Uh, apparently. Dang. So, yeah. That's a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what are your thoughts on the costume? Because I think it looks cool. Uh, I think it looks good. It, it, it definitely looks like. The classic suit, like the color, looks like the classic Barbara Gordon, like Batgirl suit um, mm-hmm. that I can remember seeing from comic pictures from comics and stuff, like that purple. Um, I think it looks good. I think it's a good first suit. I, I mean, I, I would wait until we get like a tra- more of a trailer to see how it like mm-hmm. looks a little bit more like in action and stuff. But I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's any issues with it. Yeah, but no, I I, I I think it looks very comic accurate and stuff, especially if you go like to the new fifty two and the Burnside stuff mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, no, and also like I do get a little, I do see a little like Batman sixty six in there mm-hmm. and stuff, and that being a homage to that. But otherwise, I I dig it. Um, I dig it again. I want to see it in motion as well to see how mm-hmm. it is in motion. But yeah, no, um, it, I think it looks pretty cool so far. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic of the day. Uh, via The Hollywood Reporter, on Sunday the 6th, uh, the results for the 79th Golden Globes came in via social media, which, side note on that, uh, they did not air it for whatever mm-hmm. reason. They canceled the ceremony mainly because of COVID and stuff. It just, it was weird. And, yeah. But, anyways, this is following the, for, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's decision not to have the show virtually. Uh, to have the show virtually instead of a live show due to COVID. Uh, first up, we have for best motion picture drama, uh, The Power of the Dog. In addition to winning uh, the award for that, the film also won awards for best director for Jane Champion and for best supporting actor for Kobe Smith McPhee. Uh, then we got best performance by an actress in the motion picture drama with Nicole Kidman winning um, for her performance as Lucille Ball in Being the Rich uh, Ricardos. And then we got, um, and then for best act, uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, uh, we got Will Smith winning for his performance as Richard Williams in King Richard. And then for best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical or comedy, uh, we got Aunt, my boy Andrew Garfield winning for Tick Tick Boom. So yay for Andrew! Yay for Andrew! Yeah, and for best motion picture picture musical or comedy, West Side Story won, uh, at which. And in addition to that, Rachel Zegler won for Best Actress for Musical or Comedy, and while um, Ariana Ariana DeBose won for Best Supporting Actress just entirely. And I'm just, yay, yay. Yeah, so applause, to cool. them, applause to them as well. And then for Best uh, Television Series Drama, Secession won uh, for Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series Drama, uh, Michelle, uh, Mich- 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 is it Michaela? It's, it's Michaela. Michaela, Maybe, right? yeah. It's either, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, Michaela J. Rodriguez won for Pose, which, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then for best um, performance by an act, 
actor in a television series, musical, or comedy. Jason Tzadikis won for Ted Lasso. And for best performance, and you might like this, um, for best performance by an actress in a limited series, anthology series, or a motion picture made for television, Kate Winslet won for uh, Mayor of Easttown. So, so congrats so to all the nominees, and, uh, to all the people who won and stuff. And yeah, um, I'm very happy for my boy, Andrew. And that's so that's that's great that Andrew won because I've seen I haven't watched Tick Tick Boom all the way through. I've seen I've seen like probably like thirty minutes of it. I keep wanting to watch it. and I keep like not being able to finish it. I'm, I'm, I get I'm busy. I know. I, I'm, I know. I'm giving you this there. I'm giving you this there. He's he's very good though. Have you mm-hmm. seen? There's somebody's made a little off topic, but it's still mm-hmm. regard Andrew. Mm-hmm. Somebody's made like a compilation of all the times he's asked about Spider-Man No Way Home and he says that he's not in it. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Deny, 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 deny. For real. It's very funny. <laughs> um but yeah, no, Kate winning for Mayor of Eastad is awesome too. Cause she's she's very good in it. She's actually like really great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm also happy for uh, Rachel Zegler and Ariana Bose because they killed it in West Side Story. Nice and stuff. So yeah. Um, after all the other nominees, um, some of this I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen Succession, which I've heard a lot of good things about that show. I've heard so many good things, but I'm just like, I might get to it. I've heard it's really well done and stuff. But yeah. But either way, yeah, uh, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no. And it's also very curious to see because normally, because in a normal season, uh, the Hollywood foreign, um the Golden Globes would kind of like signal like what the Oscars are gonna be. Mm-hmm. But uh but because of how things are right now, it's kind of weird and stuff. So I don't know what this says for the Oscars, but I definitely have a feeling that Power of the Dog is definitely gonna probably get some buzz. Mm, probably. Really, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, moving on actually speaking of Oscars, uh moving on to our next topic um via TH uh the Hollywood Reporter during ABC's portion of the Television Critics Association's virtual press tour on Tuesday, President uh, President of Hulu's Originals and ABC Entertainment, Craig Erwich, revealed that this year's Oscars, which will air on March 27th on ABC, will have a host. Uh, this will be the first time the program has had a host since 2018 when Jimmy Kimmel took the reins. Uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this? And who would you like to be um, hosting the Oscars this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I've heard there's like a bunch of rumors like popping around about who's gonna host it. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't think of anybody like off the top of my head who I really want to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like it runs a little bit better when it's not just one host, but it's like mm-hmm. people are kind of like introducing everything. Like yeah. we have different people. Sometimes I feel like that's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Better because it is not so much about the jokes; it's just making sure everything kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just runs a little bit more smoothly sometimes, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like I've heard people wanting Tom Holland to host it. I've heard. I've heard. Like, yeah, I've heard the Tom Muppets, Holland. I've like, heard the. I've heard people want the Muppets, especially on Twitter. That would and be then, pretty funny. That would that would be hilarious. And then also, I heard Pete Davidson, but they might not go with that because. Um, of his NBC connection and it will essentially be mm. pr- free promotion. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't really have anybody. I don't, 
I just like any of the late night talk show host guys, they're like they're okay. And they just I just never find them like that funny sometimes. So it's like mm-hmm. like the host is never like and I don't know. I just I don't know. Yeah. But it will be interesting because again, this is like three it's been like three, maybe four years since we've had a host, so this will be just interesting in general. Mm-hmm. I yeah, wonder, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a hot second. Yeah. Anyways, and this one and this next topic's gonna be a bit sad, so mm-hmm. be prepared. Um, be a variety. Bob Saget, a stand-up comedian and actor beloved for his role as Danny Tanner on the 1990s sitcom Full House, uh, died Sunday at the Ritz Carlton Hotel in Orlando, Florida, at the age of 65, after the cause of death that is still under investigation. In a statement to the press, his wife Kelly Reza Saget said, "My whole heart, Bob, um, was absolute. Bob was my absolute everything. I'm completely shattered in disbelief." I am so deeply touched by the outpouring of love and tribute from our fans, friends, from yeah, from our friends, family, his fans, and his peers. When the time is right and when the news is out raw, I look forward to sharing more of Bob with the world, sharing how much he he meant to me, all those around him, and how much, uh, how much all his fans and friends and friends meant to him as well. Thank you for respecting my privacy of time. We here at our conversation with two geeks send our deepest condolences to Miss Saget and the friends of friends and family of Bob Saget. May he rest in peace. <sighs> yeah, it's I, very sad. I I don't want to be crass, and but have you ever heard of the rule of three? Mm-mm. Okay. It's, go ahead, explain it. Okay. So in 30 Rock, there was this whole bit where it's like like I guess a celebrity died on it, and it was like, and Tracy Jordan's like, oh, and Tracy Jordan, I think, uh, Judas Freeland's character are talking, and like it's like, oh, you haven't heard about the rule of three, and it's like, and um, and it's just this whole rule of three where like three celebrities die, um, in succession, mm-hmm. and and like uh, and and the and the weird thing about that clip and side and side tangent, but the weird thing about that clip is that one of the people who Tracy calls is Betty White. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, this was about 2006 and stuff, but like, mm. but there, I don't, mm, there is a secession going on here between Betty White, Sydney Poitier, and now Bob Saget. I know. And I'm just like, um, can we chill it, please? Can we stop losing people just, just for one second? Yeah. Please, it's sad. Please, um, and just especially like with Bob Saget because he was only sixty-five. And now he wasn't that old. Yeah, no, and just he was young, and yeah, and yeah, and also just hearing the like again when it comes to Bob Saget, I will also say my only really big experience with him was foot Full House, mm-hmm. and with a couple of his uh, stand-up comedy stand-up comedy bits, he's a really interesting cameo in in a Dave Chappelle movie. <laughs> There's a Dave Chappelle movie bet in 2000 called Half Baked that he has a cameo in. It's hilarious. He's also, um, if you look at some of his other stuff, um, just because he was in a family show does not mean he was afraid to, um, you know, tell filthy jokes. Oh, no, yeah. I, I haven't seen a lot of his comedy stuff, but the little bit I've seen, I'm like, yeah. No, he's not afraid to go for the, the dirty jokes. But... Yeah, and like also just the outpouring of love, and I believe also they just recently had the funeral. Either they're having, yeah, it. they did. Yeah, they just recently had the funeral, which, um, yeah, and a lot, and apparently a lot of his friends, families, and like, um, you know, 
co-worker, uh, co-worker, former co-workers were all there. And yeah, again, my mm-hmm. condolences out to everyone affected. Just yeah, this, it's very th- sad. This sucks. Yeah, because my big thing with him was Full House too, and I think that's how a lot of people know him mm-hmm. for. Um, and yeah, it's just really, it's just really sad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I my mom texted me it because I I was at work and I was just like, oh, that sucks. Um, but yeah, yeah. Our I get- hearts out, our condolences out to everybody affected by it and and stuff, and it's just really sad. Again, 2022. Can we can we chill it with the deaths? For real. Please. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Uh, exclusive from Deadline reports that pick director uh, Michael Sarnowski, Sarnowski is in negotiations to helm the ne- uh, the untitled next installment in a Quiet Place franchise. Actually, it's a, um, a little bit of correction on that. Uh, next, the untitled next installment, um, or rather spinoff, in the Quiet Place franchise. Anyways, he would also be brought on to pen the script. This is following the departure of Midnight Special Director Jeff Nichols, uh, who opted the helm a different project instead. For those unfamiliar with Sarnowski, he just recently directed Pig, starring Nicholas Cage, which, side note, I highly recommend checking that one out. It's one of the best films of the last year and stuff. So, yeah. Anyways, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, seems seems good. I don't have that many thoughts because I haven't seen A Quiet Place and, and stuff and um, but it seems good, um, I guess. What do you think? It's more of your territory. So. I'm I'm very curious about this. Um, I think this is a good choice. I'm happy for mm-hmm. Aronofsky because I thought Pig was one again. Pig was one of the best films of the year, and I thought he did a really great job with um, with Cage and with Nicholas Cage and stuff. And I'm very curious to see how this how his style of directing kind of goes into the A Quiet Place franchise mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So yeah, especially with this being a spinoff and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how this will progress and stuff. So yeah. Anyway, moving cool. on to even more horror stuff. Uh, sorry, Jamie. Mm-hmm. According to THR Hollywood Report, John Moss, the director behind the record-breaking Spider-Man No Way Home, has joined the creative team behind New Line's relaunch of its Grand Gornel horror franchise, Final Destination, for HBO Max with Watts serving as producer. For those unfamiliar or don't remember, the Final Destination films were a surprise hit franchise from New Line in the early 2000s with the first one directed by X-Files writer uh, Jace Wong and starring De- uh, Devin Shaba, uh, making over $112 million worldwide on a $23 million budget with the franchise overall grossing $700 million worldwide across four films, with the main concept being that each movie centered on a character who has a premonition of a horrific and deadly event, cheats his way his or hers on death and saves several other lives in the process only to have death um, played by the, um, uh, the great Tony Todd uh, death per um, per, as a personified, but unstoppable force coming for the survivors one by one. In addition to being produced, sir Watts has also written the story treatment with writers, uh, Lori Evans and ready or not and scream screenwriter guy Busick writing the screenplay. So Jamie, Okay. I know you're not in the horror. Um, have you heard about the Final Destination film? I've heard of Final Destination. I will never ever watch it because I can't watch. The, there's one with a roller coaster, right, or something. Yes, there was yeah, one. Where, no. That's yeah. No. That that's Final so, Destination three. So yeah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. So they're basically they're what they're rebooting it for like a new 
series, like a new setup for it. Yes, it's relaunch slash reboot of it's it for HBO Max, which again, very also it's interesting that's going on HBO Max as opposed to theatrical, but because this mm-hmm. is a franchise I always see as a theatrical franchise, but yeah. Yeah. Um, as for some of the people involved, I'm again very curious about Watts because Watts, for those that don't remember, John Watts was a horror director. Like he did this movie called Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, called Clown, I think that was his first movie, and then Cop Car. Mm-hmm. And then Cop Car with Kevin Bacon a little after. So he's kind of returning back to his roots. Um, and then also uh the fact that they have one of the writers from um from the recent screen, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, writing the screenplay is also very interesting. Also, I need to correct something with one of the writers. Um, I forgot to mention the uh, original writer's last name. It's actually Lauren Lori Evans Taylor. Taylor, not okay. Lori Evans. So I just want to correct that for the record mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, no, I'm 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 very curious about this one. This one looks uh I'm I'm very curious about the creative team behind this and stuff, and I'm very curious to see who they get as a director. But yeah, no, this honestly, this would be an interesting franchise to kind of relaunch this reboot stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. An exclusive from Denline reveals that a gender swap reimagining of the classic Max Vigilante Zoro from filmmaker Robert Rodriguez, writer director Rebecca Rodriguez, uh Sean Tretta of my uh who was uh, the showrunner from Maya. Mayans MC and Ben Silverman and Howard T. Owens uh, production company Propgate is headed in development at the CW with Tretta set to be showrunner. According to the article, co-penned by the trio of Tretta and both Rodriguez's and set to be directed by Rebecca Rodriguez, uh, the, the story follows a young Latino woman seeking vengeance for her father's murder, joins a secret society, and out- adopts the outlaw persona of Zorro. <laughs> Propagate originally set out to develop a TV series reimagining of Zora with female protagonists in 2019 as of one of the company's first projects under its first look deals with CBS with the project originally being at NBC before getting transferred over to CW. So again, this is this again is very interesting, continues kind of the CW's reign of trying to get <laughs> more established talent, but also Rod Rodriguez doing it is very interesting. What are your thoughts on this? It's just funny because it's just like the CW is going bankrupt right now and they're still <laughs> being like we're making we're still making stuff. We have no money, but we're still making stuff. I don't know, it just makes me laugh. Um no the Robert R- Rodriguez stuff is cool. Um he uh like it's interesting that he'll be making it and him and it looks like his wife will be tag teaming this a little okay. bit and working on it together, which is cool. Um, interesting that they're gender swapping it. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Could be an interesting look for it to make it a little bit fresher. Yeah. Um, but I, I just find it funny that it's the CW because the CW has no money. So it's yeah, just like, yeah. I don't know. That no wonder, like that's what makes me laugh about no it. No wonder why. The, feel bad. No wonder yeah. why they're outsourcing this to a production company. Yeah. No. They. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, this, this sounds interesting and stuff. And like again, anything with Robert Rodriguez, I will watch. Mm-hmm. And like right now, he right now he's kind of on a hot streak with uh, Book of Bubble Fat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Deadline, Disney and and this was a bit of a surprise when I first heard about this. According to Deadline, Disney Plus is developing a TV series based on the 2011 movie Real Steel. For those unfamiliar or don't remember, the film, directed by Sean Levy and starring Hugh Jackman, Evangeline Lilly, and Nancy Mackey, among others, 
follows a former boxer and father played by Jackman and his son as they reconcile years of distance and discover an obsolete junkyard throwing robot who might be who just might be more than it seems. As the sequel has been discussed for years, as the film grows 300 million worldwide on a 110 million dollar budget, it's unknown who will be writing it as the platform is currently looking for a writer. But the show will be produced by Levy via his production company 21 Labs and Disney Brand Entertainment alongside 20th Television. So, do you remember Real Steel? It sounds really familiar. I don't know if I watched it. I can't remember. But it's, it's like the name kind of rings a bell a little bit. It was that I one. I don't remember anything. It was that one movie that like um, the like robot kind of learns how to like actually box. As opposed to being like programming mm, it. Maybe. I'm, maybe I saw trailers for it. I don't mm. know if I. I don't think I saw it. Because like I, I don't remember that much. I okay. I'll be very frank with you. I only seen like the first half of this movie because I was at a drive-in when mm-hmm. when this movie came out, and I saw it there with my folks. But then my car, uh, my car battery went out, mm. and so we had to, and so we had to essentially leave. But mm-hmm. like I, yeah, no, I, I, I do, rem- I do remember this movie, and I do remember people being like, "We want a sequel and stuff," and that being like in development for like years and stuff. But this, this mm-hmm. will be interesting. I want, I well. I was gonna say, do they have the budget for this? But then I'm thinking, oh wait, this is Disney. Of course they have the budget. They have all yeah, the money Disney. in the world. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, if it's Disney, then they don't need to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. That that dang mouse has all the money again. All the money in the world. <laughs> that should be the next uh, James Bond title. Yeah. All the money in the world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Anyways. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to our next topic, um, we got a trailer. We got an official trailer for Bel Air. The synopsis reads: Set in modern day America, Peacock's new one-hour drama series Bel Air reimagines the beloved sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel Air through a new dramatic take on Will's complicated journey from the streets of West Philadelphia to the gates of, to the gated mansions of Bel Air. As these two worlds collide, Will reckons with reckons with the power of second chances while navigating the conflicts, emotions, and biases of a world far different from the only one he's ever known. Uh, starring Jabari Banks as Will Smith, Adrian Holm mm-hmm. as Philip Banks, Ollie Shawalton as Carlton Banks, Cassandra Freeman as Vivian Banks, Coco Jones as Hillary Banks, Akira Akbar as Ashley Banks, Simone Joy uh, Jones as Lisa, Jimmy Ak- Akimbola as Jeffrey, and Jordan Al Jones as Jazz, with Will Smith serving as executive producer, and Morgan Cooper, who created the short film that inspired the series, and Chris Collins serving as showrunners. Uh, the series is set to air on Peacock on February 13th. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this? The trailer looks good. It's definitely more of a dramatic and, like, more not a I don't know how to phrase it, like maybe just a little bit more grounded take. Not mm-hmm. that the other wasn't, but the other one definitely was definitely like a more of a comedy, uh, a little bit. I mm-hmm. don't get that vibe for this one. I feel like this one's definitely trying to be a little bit more like go like an actual like take on Will's mm-hmm. journey coming from West Philly to Bel Air. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely looks good. Like the mm-hmm. looks like it has a good budget. It, I thought the trailer was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting take. What do you think? I'm curious about this one. I again, okay, not gonna lie. Right now, the dang theme song is in my head. 
looping in my head. And for yeah. copyright reasons, we will not sing it on here because we do not want to get this demonetized. No. Well, well, I mean, we don't have monetization anyway, but we don't want to get this video dinged. But yeah, I just, I this looks interesting. Uh, again, I'm just, uh, I'm, it does look a bit like more the more serious route, but I am very curious yeah. to see story wise where this all goes and stuff. And yeah, no, um. Either way, I'm I'm curious about this. This one just you know it seems really interesting and stuff. And yeah, no, I'm I, I dig it so far. I'll I'll probably yeah. check out the pilot and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Also, but that being said, um, how much you want to bet that they might have the theme song in an instrumental version? No, they have to do something. It's such a classic. It's like they gotta incorporate the original theme song somehow. Yeah. Whether it's like an instrumental version in the background of some scene or or something. Okay. Or like they play they they rework it for it in the first episode or something. I don't know. They had to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our final topic of the day. And ex- um and also this is some rumor mill, so again, take it with a grain of salt. An exclusive from the, that from the site that hashtag showed the character of Bo Katan first introduced in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, played by Katie Sackoff, voiced and played by Katie Sackoff in both mm-hmm. the Star Wars: The Clone Wars and The Mandalorian, will be and, and Star Wars Rebels <laughs> will be mm-hmm. getting a live action series as a spinoff from The Mandalorian. As for what the story will be, according to the exclusive, it will be set after the events of Man- The Mandalorian season three, with some of the story details involving the character potentially. Being uh, potentially coming from the uh, canceled Rangers of the New Republic, for which Bo-Katan was set to feature prominently in. As for when it will air, the prediction that it will likely be released in early 2023 or late 2024. So, mm. this is interesting. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's interesting. I like. I remember her popping up in the end of Mandalorian because that's where I really know that character from because I haven't seen Clone Wars mm. um, or anything, so uh, definitely interesting. There's definitely a cool direction they could take the character in, um, and stuff. I think it's cool. I think Katie does a good job, uh, so hopefully it works out. Um, yeah. And yeah, and like I started watching Book of Boba Fett, and I still think it's pretty good. The budget for these shows, these Star Wars shows, is freaking insane. They look all look so good. <laughs> it's, it's all I think about when I watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks fantastic. Again, all the money in the world. For real. For real. Disney's paid, like, they did not care. They just gave him all the money. Here's all the money. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see where this will, uh, what, because it looks, because if we remember from Mandalorian Season 2, she's definitely going to have some conflict with Din over the Darksaber, mm-hmm. um, which does kind of tie back into Rebels, because that's where she got mm-hmm. it from and stuff, so okay. it'll be a whole thing, but either way, um, I'm very happy for Katie Sackhoff, if this is true, because I know she's been playing the role for a while now, and like to have mm-hmm. her now spin off in their own thing, I think she's a very interesting character and stuff, so yeah, I'm very interested to see where this all goes and stuff. Me too. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on to recommendations for the week, um, so I saw a lot of stuff, um, Maybe too much stuff, um, including <laughs> two movies and two shows. Um, so, Jamie, do you have anything this week that you want to... Like- I just watched Boba Fett for the... I watched caught, caught up on that. I watched the three episodes. I I like it, surprisingly. I thought it was mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Um, 
I know that there's some, I haven't really gotten into it, but I've heard there's some people who don't like it, some people who do like it. I don't know. I think it's, and I think it's fun. Um, and I still think I prefer the Mandalorian more. I find that a little bit more interesting, but I do really like it. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm so far, and I've been catching up with the, I've been following the uh, Book of Boba Fett as well. I think it's so far pretty good. I've, I've liked what we've seen so far. I probably think the best episode, probably episode two, but like, I, mm -hmm. I, I dig it so far. I, I do prefer Mandalorian, but like, I dig it so far, and I like what they're doing with Boba. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, so, we're looking at a different, we're still like connected to somebody that we've known from the original movies a little bit, mm -hmm. but we're like not really hardcore connected to anybody. You know, mm -hmm. so like we're exploring this other a little bit of the other side of uh, Star Wars that we don't really get to very often. So I plus, still think that's pretty cool. Plus, in like the last episode, potential spoilers, um, we got freaking we got we got Danny Trejo in a Star Wars thing. I know. And I, I know. Would, I I did. I just. I got so excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's playing a Rancor trainer, and like. And like, also, like, he's Boba's having a relationship with the Rancor and stuff, and like, oh, it was cool. It was cool. It's gonna make watching that uh, bit in Return to Jedi a little bit hard now, but like, still, oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so I saw a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get to the first thing first. Uh, so I mm -hmm. saw Scream the other day. I got I saw okay. Scream five, or rather, Scream. I know it's it's either <sighs> okay. I know what they're trying to do here, but like it's really hard. Um, so um, I'm just gonna call the thing Scream Five. It's gonna be Scream Five, just for simplicity's sake. Uh, the other day, and I had a lot of fun with it. I thought the directing team of Radiant Silence, which is comprised of uh, directors Matt um, Bettinelli, Uplin, and Tyler Gillett, as well as screenwriters uh, Guy Buzak and James Vanderbilt, knocked out of the park, uh, creating a fun new entry in the franchise while also paying respect to the franchise's original director, Race Craven. In addition, the cast, um, the entire cast, gave good performances. Though, without giving anything away, it is interesting how they kind of balance out these new characters within the story and stuff. So mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. In addition, they also lean on the whole meta aspect of this and the idea of a requel. Their words, not mine. I personally prefer <laughs> the revival. <laughs> revival, but they kind of lean into that and stuff. And I really liked how they lean into that and stuff. Also, the kills are a bit more brutal and a lot more intimate than, like, um, in the previous film where it's just, like, stab, 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 stab. But it's, like, I don't know. There's this one bit where, uh, again, I'm not giving anything away, where, where we just linger on, like, the cut and, like, you see it and, like, it turns the knife and then just the blood pops out. And just, again, it's a bit more intimate and brutal. But I I won't lie. And this is someone who's very much desensitized of violence for various reasons. Um... The, it made me wince at times. Be like, ooh, ooh. So yeah. yeah. Over overall, uh, Scream Five managed to be a love letter to the franchise. Radio sounds the company providing some solid twists, turns, and kills. And yeah, this is one I definitely recommend checking out. Um, and then I, I got I gotta talk about Peacemaker. Go ahead. Um I watched the first three episodes once they dropped, and I fell in love with this instantly. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, the character interesting. The story is intriguing. The soundtrack is banging. Um, just James Gunn. The action scenes, while a bit more small scale, are fierce and intense. Also, the opening credits. 
Um, Jamie, I, have you seen uh, the opening credit no. sequence? Oh, okay. Sorry, I haven't had. I didn't. I didn't watch it yet. So the yeah. opening credits. I I recommend like I I know you've been a bit hesitant on with this with the um with the James Gunn. Well, I haven't but, seen the other suicide the the Suicide Squad, so um, and I don't know like when they announced the characters, Peacemaker wasn't the character like I just didn't not that interested in following his character. Harley Quinn, on the other hand, is one that I like, but yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, and I'm just saying, like, if you're just gonna watch anything of it, well, if you do decide to watch the three episodes, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But like, if probably see, not. But I, I get what you mean. Yeah, so. I, I, but again, I do recommend watching the opening credits because, oh my god, have I been obsessed with it since it air first aired and stuff, and just, yeah. um, it's like the live action version of, um, of the opening credits for Guns 2012 film, uh, 20, 2010 film Super, which all y'all should watch, and just overall. Overall, Peacemaker's great. Um, I can't wait to see what James Gunn and Company brings us in the coming weeks with various with the next couple episodes and stuff. And just, I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, no, I just, good job, good job, James, good job, James. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to my next thing I saw. Um, so I know we have said publicly that we have taken a break from CCW and the Arrowverse and all that jazz. I'm only making one exception, <laughs> mainly because this is a director. Um, mainly because this is a director I will always support. Um, it's Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. because she's Ava freaking DuVernay and stuff. And I feel, and it's kind of, it's an obligation, but also just, yeah. I mean, I I got support either way. But I watched the pilot episode for the CW's Naomi, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I like it. I thought that uh, Casey Walfell is amazing as Naomi. You obviously like her, her and her group of friends, played by Mary Charles Jones, Danny Pugh, Camila Moreno, and Will Myers, respectively. As for the story, it's a little too early to go um, to tell where it's going, but it seems that it's kind of following the Brian Michael Bendis's comic, um, or at least the first six issues of that, uh, more closely than I expected. And also, minor spoiler. But it was a bit confusing to tell whether or not Soup's fully exists in this universe because they kind of play fast and loose with it. And like they and like they do like I have to overall explain it, but and they do in this episode do kind of make it clear like what his status is, but it's just I don't know. It just it just felt weird to me and stuff. But despite that hiccup, I like this overall and I'm very curious to see where it goes. And then finally, um my last my last thing I watched this was a screener I was um given. Um, I watched Confession from my director uh, David uh, Benton in which an injured man with a gun played by True Blood star Stephen Moyer uh, takes a priest play, uh, takes hostage uh, takes a priest yeah, takes a priest uh, played by Layer Cake star Colin Davini hostage overall I thought it was okay um, Moyer and Davini give some actual good great good performances and there are some solid twists and turns Unfortunately, due to the low budget, it does kind of feel shoddy at times. And while, mm-hmm. like, the actual film, which is set in, like, one location, is fine, there's just some other stuff that just kind of took me out. However, mm-hmm. despite this, I thought this was good overall, and definitely one I would recommend checking out when it hits video on demand at the end of the month. And, yeah. Cool. And, and yeah, and that does it for our show this week, everyone. Yep, so feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. 
We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. Uh, and if you like emailing us about anything from this episode or a previous episode, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And always feel free to follow us when we live stream on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time at Conversation with Two Geeks on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that does, it, that does it, folks. Uh, see you next time. Bye.